Hi, my name is Michael Frank, and this is the Prefab Pod presented by Prefab Review, where we interview leading people and companies in the uh, prefab and modular housing industry. Today, we're speaking with Jason Webster, the owner of Huntington Homes. Welcome, Jason. Hey, Michael. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Excited to chat. Uh, to start, can you tell me a little bit about the history of Huntington Homes and how it got started? Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, Huntington Homes, we are a uh, modular manufacturing company. We're based in Vermont. Uh, we were founded in uh, 1978 uh, and we build um, throughout New England. Uh, the company the company started uh, Huntington comes from the original owner, a man named Hank Huntington, who was a dealer in the 70s for one of the original um, modular home companies in New England called Continental Homes. And he had built, I don't know, a bunch of houses in Vermont and then kind of decided, um, you know, towards the late 70s that um, he thought that they could build them themselves. And so he kind of he rounded up. Uh, a group of builders in the area, um, and then they just put together, figured out, and built Huntington Homes. Um, one of one of the people that was part of that group, and my connection to it, and how I ended up here, is that um, one of the people in that original group of people putting the company together was my father, um, who has you know started with the company then in 1978. That's great. Um... And can you uh, provide um, a little bit of uh, kind of a fast forward to where you are today? Sure. So um, in 78, uh, when we started and through the early 80s, we we were very much like all of the other manufacturers and some of still of some of the manufacturers today where, you know, we were a kind of a wholesale manufacturing company that sold through a dealer network. Um, we, um, we, we operated that way definitely through the eighties. Um, we actually in the mid to late eighties opened a second manufacturing plant in Massachusetts and we operated out of two plants. Um, that plant uh, was only operational for a couple of years, all manufacturing moved back to Vermont. Um, we, uh, in the early nineties, my father had an opportunity to purchase the company from the group that owned us through the eighties. Um, and he really kind of tr started transitioning the company then in the early nineties to what we are today. I mean, we are still a manufacturing facility. I mean, I, I currently am sitting inside our hundred thousand square foot shop here, but we started transitioning away from the, um, you know, kind of traditional dealer-based system uh, to where we are today, where we sell, um, everything is sold direct to consumer. So, um, and we have kind of two packages that we offer to that client, depending on where they're located. Um, if they're close to us, meaning they're within kind of 40 miles of headquarters, we offer what we call full turnkey packages, where we offer full general contracting services for the whole project. So both, yep. obviously we oversee the implant stuff and all the on-site construction as well. If they are in the rest of kind of our service territory, which is the rest of New England, but outside of that 40, 40 miles, then we offer what we call a modules with set crew package, 
which is where um, we provide the modules, we provide the delivery of those modules, and we provide the set crew to physically set them, yep. make them structurally secure, airtight, and watertight, um, yep. including a shingled roof or a finished roof. And then client then works with their, we've developed a really good set of documents to define scope of work. Client then works with their own contractor um, for the button-up work from that point on. That makes sense. Um, it's funny, uh, you're kind of close to Vermont sort of scope of services where you do everything. Mm -hmm. I would say when we have people come to us, it's basically what like 99% of clients ask for and what we're able to deliver. I mean, even you guys, right? Like you're able to deliver to kind of a very small minority of services just because it seems like the just the local aspect of construction means it's really hard to uh, kind of be vertically integrated across a project. Do you find that it's a, uh, I mean, I assume you find it's probably a little smoother and a little better on the projects where you can do the site work as well. Yeah. I mean, we, from, from uh, clients certainly prefer when right. we, because then you don't have multiple contracts and stuff like that. Right. And, um, you know, I, I kind of joke that it's one neck to squeeze. Exactly. Um, totally. And, uh, yeah, it's certainly an easier project for a client to put together when we're managing the whole thing, everything from pre-construction to the end, because they ask one set of clock or one set of questions and they get one answer. Right. So then when they ask, what does it cost? I answer their question. Right. Um, right. You don't say, when, Hey, here's the, here's the module price. Go find, yeah, and, and, then go find and then go find the builder. And, right. you know, and you don't even know what questions to ask them because you don't know what they have to do and they've never done it before. So they don't know either. Um, so it's definitely, um, yeah, it, it's the clients like it um, as kind of as evidenced by backlog right now. You know, we and we're in weird times right now. Everybody's everybody's backed up. But, um, you know, our turnkey services are right now in Vermont. Are, we have a 24 month backlog for those oh, wow. services. Um, so does that mean that like for people who want uh, to is that true on your line in-house as well? Or? The, line, the line right now has an unprecedented backlog as well of about 12 months. Oh, wow. uh, whereas historically the line ran, um, you know, the line might've been a three to four month backlog. Um, but we're, you know, we're at about 12 months right Jeez. now. Um, so that, does that mean some local people are just, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm an impatient guy I'd probably be in this are just being like, okay, it's not totally optimal. Well, Let's just our, find a local builder. Um, yeah. So that, that, that's how the first, that's how the initial conversation goes, right? Yeah. Client calls, prospect client calls, finds the schedule. Here's the schedule. They're impatient saying, well, no, I'm going to go look for somebody else. Yeah. They make four or five more phone calls, especially in our market to find out that any honest, reputable contractor builder is booked out that same length of time right now yeah. and then they come back and they say Got it. okay um and I, that that that's a that's a that's a unique it's a weird time that we're in right now for that yeah. um will that i i suspect will that'll shorten that lead time will shorten as we go yeah forward. and from a customer experience you sort of hope it will right because like 
one of the theoretic advantages of what you do, right? Is being able to build faster for people. Correct. Correct. So right now, you know, we can't beat the drum that we're faster, um, but we can certainly continue still beat the drum that we're a more controlled way to do it. You know, even um, we are still building fixed price contracts. Um, whereas, you know, most site builders that we know right. move to just entirely um, right. plus 15 or contracts. Something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that makes sense. So can you tell me a little bit about your product line today, particularly about your sort of true home product? Yeah. So that, um, uh, that is, so when, when clients come to work with us, um, in terms of what it is we're building for the client, we, we have kind of three design paths that we can go through. Um, the, uh, we have the stock homes design path, which is on our website. We have... 70 or 75 stock floor plans that a client can choose from. And then we have a list of materials that they can choose through. And it's a list of kind of standard options and upgrade options. Client can modify those floor plans. And then I call it the, you know, choose your own adventure as you go through our materials to kind of pick what you want. And it's, it's a way for us to deliver to the client a product that is, um, you know, they had choices as to what they get, but it's within the swim lanes that, you know, the swim lane that we laid down. So they're staying within our vendors and, um, and you know, mechanical systems and all that kind of stuff. So that's one design path um, called Stockholms. We, a couple of years ago, um, we created a product line called True Home, which is a much more standardized build where the um, design is more, you know, there are, we, we don't allow clients to modify the designs. Um, and then we've also um, already picked out the materials. And so we, you know, the, the kitchen cabinet layout is done. Um, you know, the siding materials have been picked. Um, the, and the benefit of us having all of this stuff picked out is that there is a buy it now price on our website. And so you can go on and there's a price for, you know, modules with Secru package or a turnkey package that tells you what that price is. Right. And that's, um, that's all hard cost, right? That does not include soft cost, right? Co correct. Correct. Yep. And then, but, but I guess um, theoretically there aren't like going to be like heavy design or engineering soft costs here. It's mostly just like permitting and stuff like that. Right. Uh, correct. It, so, so there's the, there's a permitting cost. It's it's all basically, um, you know, local building permit, you know, and engineering yeah. costs that are additional plus the, what I, you know, what I call the site prep and utility costs. So mm -hmm. septic excavation, well, driveway power. Right. Which is pretty um, site specific. But the reason, and so, you know, the reason we created true home was um, not only so that there was more clients knew they could see what the, what a house was going to cost them up front. Um, but it's, it's also, it's a way for us, um, the designs of the houses are really tailored towards our production system and what we're doing in the shop. And it's a way the designs are such where we're able to drive the maximum amount of value from our shop to the client. Um, and we 
took some of that efficiency and turned it into, you know, absolute, you know, cost savings to the client. But we took a lot of that efficiency and the cost savings and actually plowed it back into materials and mechanicals for the style and the types of houses that we all want to live in ourselves. Yeah. Um, and so we, we, we really focused on, um, high quality, simple, durable building materials. We've, we looked at stuff, um, you know, we were choosing, um, materials with kind of high recycled content, basically as basically, uh, stuff that can return to the earth when it's done. We're, we're trying to avoid the use of plastics. You know, there's no vinyl siding that's happening. Um, you know, we're using cellulose insulation, you know, wood clapboards. Um, and the other thing is that all true homes are designed to operate without the use of any fossil fuel fired mechanical equipment. So they're all, they all have building envelopes um, robust enough that even in Northern Vermont, climate zone six, that they can operate with just electrically driven air source heat pumps. Um, and if a client wants to go, you know, they can, you know, they, the houses are connected to the grid. So you can buy power from the utility company or you can go to the next step, put on your own solar panels, um, generate your own electricity and go to this concept of zero net energy. Um, so all of that's, all of that is part of the standard package, the standard true home package. One of the interesting things about them, so there's only four of them, right? If I'm looking at the website, right? there, there's there are four of them now. We have a we have a fifth that um, has been developed. We're just working on getting it uploaded to the website. Um, and the idea is, as we kind of go, they take they take a lot of time to put these packages together because. Um, for I anybody imagine that, especially if you're putting dollars on a website with uh, commodity prices, like, you know, yeah, being pretty volatile. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and as anybody that's built a house knows, you know, uh, there's a lot of problem solving that um, what, what, a, what a client is interested in and what the builder sorts through are two kind of very different things. Right. Where clients kind of always focused on, you know, the big picture and they yeah, want, cosmetic you stuff. know, the, the cosmetic stuff, right. That they, that they saw this photograph and they've, you know, they've sent you their Pinterest board and, yeah, sure. you know, they want the blue, the blue cabinets with the, you know, lacquered brass hardware and that kind of stuff. Whereas the builder is sorting through, um, you know, making sure that the drawers when they open, they don't hit the doorknobs. Yep. Um, and so one of the things about kind of what that's nice about the true home package is at first we've put in, we put a lot of time into the designs so that the designs, um, the designs can facilitate the how the mechanicals and the operation of the house so that, you know, we know where, we already we, we we're making the mechanical runs as simple as possible and not really tangling them in the structure because um, we're just being thoughtful in how the design is being laid out. That's not to say that we're, we don't have issues as we start building and we run into small problems that we find. But the nice thing about kind of standardizing the package and we know we're going to build that that design again 
is that we just go back into the engineering and we we kind of correct those changes. So as we correct those problems, so as we go through time, you know, there's continuous improvement in those designs. Um, so I don't yeah. ever I don't ever think we're going to get to the point where we have 30 true home designs, you know, but hopefully we get to the point where we have 10 of them. Yeah. So the thing I, I thought was interesting about it, I mean, like, I love the concept, right? I just... At coming from a high, like a pretty high volume site with a lot of people wanting a lot of stuff, um, you know, being able to have things that are well thought out, I think not everyone necessarily wants that, but um, right, like we connect people with uh, companies and we connect them with custom architects, and a lot of people just like again want to feel good about the cosmetics and want to feel good about someone having thoughtfully done the work versus making every decision. So I like that concept. I thought it was interesting that none of them are very, very large from like a square foot standpoint, right? Like the, yeah, a lot of the they, website, the largest one, 2000 square feet. Correct. Um, so is that indicative of the, I would have expected without knowing too much that your average home you build would actually end up being a little larger than the kind of range of homes you have here. Or is that yeah. kind of standard for you? Yeah, I would, you know, with the majority of the homes we build are are somewhere in that kind of 1500 to maybe 2200 square foot oh, interesting. range. Yeah. And it, you know, it, kind of, kind of are you mostly here, building um, primary residences or secondary residences or working with like kind of investors? How, like, what are the use cases that people are coming to you for? Um, so, so they're in Vermont. I mean, we definitely have a, you know, we have resort towns here. Yeah. Killington. And so, yeah. And so we, um, I don't know what the breakdown is. If I had to guess, I'd say 60% of what we build are, you know, primary residential and 40% is, um, you know, second homes, ski homes. Um, and back, back to your kind of your, your comment, your question about, um, you know, different clients, clients wanting different things. Some clients come into a build where, you know, they very much want to build a custom home. And, um, that's not what the true home package is designed. You know, that's not the itch that true home is going to scratch. Um, true home is for the group, you know, the client base that doesn't want to go through that. Right. That they, just, they, yeah. they just want to smash the easy button. Yep. And we find that the um, millennial group is they are already, right? They want to do their research. Now, this is generalizing, right? This isn't everybody, yeah. but it's, it's as a group, they want to do their research. They want to know what to expect. And then they just want to smash the buy it now button. Right. I think the cost certainty of it is also a really like uh, appealing aspect of it. Yeah. And then, then there's the kind of the, you know, the, the move up group, which, you know, they have their house. Now they have a family. Um, you know, they need, they need more room. And that group tends to go towards the, I want to build a custom home this time. And then really interesting is the downsizer group, which is coming back to the, I just, you know, I did that custom home once and now I just want to smash the easy button because, you know, it was an experience. I'm glad I did it, but I maybe didn't derive a ton of life 
you know, might benefit life value out of it. Like, let's just, let's just make this as easy as possible. As someone who does a lot of non-easy home projects with our clients and personally, uh, <laughs> there are a lot of days where I'm like, that sounds nice. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, and, you know, kind of bringing this back to our industry, um, there are for that group of, for the group of clients that wants the custom home, especially in the Northeast where we off, where we operate and in Vermont, definitely there are a lot of really good custom home builders and that I I don't want a custom home. I don't ever argue that our shop can create value to that, to that type of home, right? We're not, we're not necessarily driving value to that project. We might be a way to build that project, but we're not doing it any better than a custom home builder could have done it because it's bespoke, right? Every single thing is, is being um, decided and changed. Um, and so for, for us, you know, we're, we're kind of leaving that custom home market and saying, look, client, if that's what you want, that's totally fine. But here are these other builders that I think are really going to give you that product better than we are. And, you know, instead, we're really just focused in on more, you know, standardizing um, our offerings as a way to build better houses for less money for more people. Mm -hmm. Makes total sense. Um, do you have any like sort of favorite projects that uh, you guys have done recently or in the last, yeah, last few years? Um, one that you you know might want to talk about or give as an example. You want me to pick my favorite child? Yeah, I feel like yeah, or or at least an interesting one that we an interesting might, one. Yeah. We did, um, so we have done a lot of building on Nantucket Island. Yeah, yeah um, I'm, I'm looking at your website, so definitely if you're thinking one specifically, let us know because people oftentimes look at websites when looking at this. Yeah, so we, um, there was a project that we did, um, it was actually, I don't know, it's probably six or seven years ago now. Um, where it was right in the kind of downtown core historic district of Nantucket. It's right. If you've ever been to Nantucket, it's right across the street from where, you know, you come in on the ferry and it's right across the street. And it was a, um, staff dormitory for the Nantucket Yacht Club. And it was, and it was right in downtown. And from a design standpoint, um, we had to kind of merge all of these items, right? So, so because of its location, because of the very stringent um, design requirements on the island itself, definitely in the core district, you know, the house had, the dormitory had to look like it had been there forever, um, which means certain windows have to be used. So no, all single pane, um, you know, single pane wood windows that you know, we, we source from a Vermont manufacturer. Um, and at the same time has to meet all of the current building and building and energy codes. And in that location, you know, meeting a high wind standard as well. And so it was really kind of a, from an engineering standpoint, it was, it was a fun project to kind of pull together 
all of those, you know, sometimes conflicting requirements. Um, that's and a project turned and a project turned out. It was a great project. Turned out great. Yeah. Um, I was actually, we we're going to, I was going to ask you this in the, uh, fire round, but let's go to it now. Um, we, we actually have yet to do a project that is, uh, requires putting modules on barges. I, uh-huh. I can, I can see you've done a few of those, I guess. I mean, I mean, I assume that's how, is that how you're getting we've, there? And we've, what are the nuances for that? We have built, we've done, we've built, um, about 600 houses on the Island of Nantucket. Oh, wow. So Jeez. we, uh, yeah, so we've sent, we're actually out there this week setting one and we're out there next week setting one and we're out there the week after setting one and we were there last week setting one. How many, how many, sorry, to the extent you could, how many homes are you doing uh, per year if you've done six? Yeah, so, so in, as a, as a manufacturer, we are small compared to some of the other ones We're you know, currently we're doing 75 homes a year. Um, the, the rush right now to get for Nantucket and the reason there's such a concentration of stuff is that, um, we don't ship out there in the summer because our, the barge comes in at the same, same dock that all the tourists come in. Yeah. Through, is that, is that like born or something like that? And it's in the town, the town doesn't want, the town doesn't want, you know, houses and tourists in the same place at the same time. That makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. We don't want to be there either. Um, so, um, are there like a few crane companies that just hang out on the so island? There, so, so modular construction. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the statistic is, but I would. We're not the only modular company. Yeah, that goes yeah, we, to Nantucket. We, yeah. There are a couple other companies that go out there. I would have to think that Nantucket Island is the largest concentration of modular or prefab built houses in the country. Um, it's just it's there's just constantly modular homes being sent out there. Um, that's actually there's, a, enough, crane, there's yeah. a crane that stays out there. There's just we, a crane we, on the Island. It, but there's, there's just one and it's just like basically goes from spot to that's, that's it goes from spot to spot because the town limits one, what we're considered when we deliver modules, we're considered a house move. Yeah. So they um, consider one at a time and they only allow one a day, but like, any number of modules you just can only like any number of modules, but the project is one a day. Yep. Um, but yeah, so to barge it out there, we, you know, there's a barge company, um, you know, we deliver modules to new Bedford, Massachusetts, and then we load them on a barge and they go over to Nantucket. And then we, what is that? What is that? I mean, obviously, like that's something on the true homes, right? That that adds cost, understandably. What is that? Correct. Add so, the, so the true home—that's actually—that's actually a really good. True homes were never designed with Nantucket in mind, right? Yeah. So the so one is that the cost isn't you know doesn't include the barge cost, but two is that the, those house the true home would never pass the um, design, design review. review. Yeah, exactly. Of what happens out there? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we um, yeah, it can add. Um, you know, it on a, you know, in terms of per square foot costs, yeah. you know, it, it's plus or minus $20 a square foot. That's what I would have guessed. That's like um, for, exactly. tra- for transportation and barge costs. Yeah. When we've priced out certain parts of Maine, it's kind of, kind of the same thing. Yeah. Um, and when we've priced out Hawaii, it's more like $50 a square foot, which is actually given the distance seems like good value, but yeah, uh, that seems like that seems inexpensive for that distance. I, I think the thing is, is like uh, that there's a lot more like kind of commercial freight 
sending and this is from like Washington, um, sending people <laughs> point to point. Um, that might might even be more expensive now. Um, but uh, but yeah, okay, that's that's interesting. Um, this has been awesome learning a bit about your business. If you don't mind, um, can we uh, transition to the fire round? Uh, in this sort of little section, we ask sort of quick questions that we get as um, frequently asked questions from our audience. So sure, we can tap into people with expertise like yours. Sure, I'll do my best. All right. Um, I guess one uh, question is, uh, what should what should people really care about? And I'm sure this is sort of definitional to what you do um, when building in like really like high snow load areas. So like we were do- done a couple projects recently in uh, like Tahoe and Jackson Hole where there's like 200 pound snow loads. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, what do you, uh, yeah, what are, what are the, like, obviously it looks like a lot of your houses have 612 roofs and stuff like that. I don't know if they're 612, but they look pretty steep or 812 or 1212. But, yeah. um, yeah. yeah so you, I mean, it doesn't really, so, you know, so pitch doesn't really mm-hmm. matter, right? Snow, snow sure. is going to pile horizontally or, or vertically. Um, so yeah, we just, um, we build, you know, as any as any modular prefab company does, we have to build to the local codes for where the project is being delivered to or being built. And so as part of our engineering review, you know, we find what the requirements are for that, you know, the snow load requirements are for that municipality. And then we just build, you know, from an engineering standpoint, we just engineer our roof system, or our truss system to that snow load. Similarly, you were talking a bit about, are there things you do specifically from like uh, sort of uh, the actual home standpoint from like an installation standpoint, et cetera? Um, yeah. So, so, um, so we have, as just kind of our offerings to clients, we have four different wall packages that we offer. And so we kind of, we start with just a, a basic, you know, two by six framed wall yep. Um, with dense, you know, high levels of air sealing. Right, different so, R values so, and stuff. Yeah. So under one ACH fifty air sealing values on everything we do, no matter what the insulation value is. Uh, but then that standard two by six wall is going to get an R twenty one dense pack cellulose. Yep. Um, the next wall assembly we do, which is the the standard wall assembly in the True Home product, is what we call a two by eight EPS wall assembly where we still build a two by six wall, but on the inside of every stud plate and you know rough opening, we layer a strip of EPS foam, and then we attach the drywall to that. And so we're, we're making the cavity deeper so that we can get more cellulose in the cavity, but we're also introducing an R5 thermal break at all the, at all the um, framing members. Um, so it's an R26 wall or an R21 plus five, um, 21 cavity, five continuous. Um, then we do a, a 10 inch wide double stud, which would go to an R35. And we do a, um, a 12 inch double stud, which would get to an R41. That makes sense. Um, and um, then uh, I guess next question is, Obviously, for a lot of your areas, it sounds like um, people are maybe from your network or maybe elsewhere, they're finding local contractors to do a lot of the work. I understand that you're still doing the set, but are there specific things that people should look for um, in terms of uh, 
finding sort of GCs and builders. Yeah. That on-site contractor. Yeah. I, one of the, something that's really interesting right now is that I, a lot of the inquiries that are coming into us right now are the younger contractors um, that I, that are seeing, that are seeing the writing on the wall that the on your site stick by stick construction method is not the future. And so we, so we're, we are fielding a lot of questions from those younger contractors right now, you know, of, of how they can be, you know, how they can get involved and how we can do projects together. We have, we have just, I'm just thinking about, you know, the projects we have under contract for the summer and the handfuls of them that the clients are here because the contractor brought them here. And, you know, the contractors are realizing, Hey, I can't, I can't, I can't hit your, you know, my square foot price is much higher than your budget. They're also starting to realize that their square foot numbers are starting to get really, really crazy and that they're exploring this as a way, um, you know, to get the prices down for a client. Um, it's also a great way for them to have us do the heavy lifting, right? So we take care of the framing and the mechanical roughing and the insulation and the sheetrock, basically the entire building envelope. And then they, they get to come in and do what they, most of them want to do, which is, you know, the details, the trim work, the cabinets, you know, the detail kind of stuff. So for clients looking for contractors, I will, I always encourage them to make sure that to be looking for a contractor that's kind of, that has bought into the system um, and wants to be there. Um, and then we have just developed a really good set of documents to kind of define out the scope of work as to what comes in our package and what the contractor still has to provide. And so clients should be looking for a contractor that wants to be there. Client should also be looking for a contractor that's competent and honest, and it's going to actually sit down and read those documents so that, so that they know what they're getting into in the project so that they can provide, you know, good, budgets, you know, and contracts for their scope of work. Will you typically ha have the builder come to the factory to understand? If, if they want to, for sure, right? If they, if they're interested and they want to come here or if they have questions about our documents, you know, yeah. well, what does this mean? Where's the handoff point? Yeah. And if, if not visiting us, they absolutely should be calling us to ask us those questions. Yeah. We, well, when possible, especially because a lot of times from a financing standpoint, the way, I don't know if this is true for your projects, the way this works is the GC kind of owns the prime contract and you're almost a subcontractor for the GC. Like, as, uh, as So the, we, so, so yeah, most of the projects we're involved in, our contracts for the modules You'll do two go, straight, go straight to the client and then the builder has a contract with the client. And so the I, concert, that's the way many of ours work too, but. And anyway, I guess you probably know more. I think the the GCA still think, at least on most of the ones I see, I, I think maintain a lot of the liability. Um, it depends on the state. On the state, right? Yeah. It depends on the state. So, like in the state of Massachusetts, you know, the CSL, the construction supervisor, um, who has pulled the permit, yeah. it is their license that is responsible for every sub trade that's on the project us included no right. matter if our contract right. that's, that's with that's that csl or the client yep um 
Yeah. And then, and so that's how it is in Massachusetts. <laughs> in Vermont, it's not like that because there are no, you know, there are really no enforced building codes for single family residential, right? There's no engineering standard um, in Vermont. Interesting. Um, and then last question, and this is something that we get a lot of questions about, but I, think I'm always interested in how you're dealing with it as well then maybe it's a little bit less of a deal for you all because you have kind of uh just your factory's a little backed up it sounds like right now is uh how do you deal with the current um supply chain issues particularly I'd say windows particularly in a custom projects are the things that we see holding up projects more than almost anything else um do you have a a good process for sort of way of dealing with that so we we work with um, we work with a couple different window manufacturers, mm-hmm. and um, we get kind of weekly updates as to what their backlogs are, you know, what their lead times are, and we're just ordering everything way in advance. I mean, we we have projects that we're building in you know October November. Their windows are already on order. That's nice. Um, and so we're just, we're staying ahead of it. We also have learned the hard way, you know, what window products are kind of quick ship products and what window, you know, what colors and what styles and what series are long lead. Um, so we're just doing a good job on managing the pre-construction aspect of it to get those projects flagged into the purchasing so that you know they they're ordering that stuff well in advance there, there's no question that we're our inventory levels right now are you know we're inventorying 3x more than we historically did you know we like everybody else relied you know absolute on a just-in-time inventory system Um, and now there are still things like windows and cabinets that are still just in time inventory because they're unique to the project. Um, but we're really stocked heavy on the, um, you know, the more kind of commodity stuff of framing, framing sheet goods, framing sheet goods, um, insulation, sheetrock. Um, you know, we're just stocked really, really heavy on that stuff so that we don't run out of it. And then... And then we're just dealing with it, right? So, you know, stories of just today, you know, we went to place an order for roof shingles for a house that we're about to start building to find out that that color is not available. You know, we went to order the flooring to find out that that color was discontinued or that stain was discontinued. So we're, you know, going back to the client um, and, you know, picking out, um, you know, substitute materials. Makes sense. Um, well, unfortunately, fortunately, most clients at this point they know the drill, right? We're not yeah. the only we're not the only people in their lives right. that have long lead times, and so yep. they they understand it and they're they're working with us on it. That's good. Uh, well, it's been terrific learning a bit about uh, your company, and we really appreciate the insights on all this stuff. Uh, final question: I ask this to everyone. What are you most excited about for your company or for the industry in the uh, near future? Um, I'm I'm most excited for the industry in um, I think all of us that are are in the industry 
we all think that we're the next big thing, right? We all think that the industry is the next big thing. And I, I think we are the closest we've ever been to being the next big thing that I think that I think that the, there's a fundamental shift in clients where they're realizing and seeing the value in offsite manufacturing in home building and that they're starting to not see they don't see the craftsman builder this isn't to say that some of them don't exist but for the most part you know it used to be well you know my house was built by the master craftsman that lives down the road that that master craftsman that lives down the road or they're, they're harder and harder to find and they tend to be building the highest end homes right now. And so there aren't the, the majority of the home buyers or you know, clients out there are viewing our industry as a way um, to build them a better house. Like they don't, you know, another way to say is they don't, they're not viewing us as an inferior product anymore that they that, that we are becoming the superior way to build. That's exciting for the industry. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I honestly like. I think I think a lot of people who come, we, we see that a lot. The people who come to our site are, you know, oftentimes they've been like looking at our site or dwell or something for like years, and they're like, you know, I sort of always aspired to own this like, you know, cool factory built house. So I'm with you. I think there's a lot of momentum. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much again for being on our podcast. Uh, for those of you who. Uh, want to learn more about Jason and Huntington Homes, visit HuntingtonHomesVT.com. And as always, you can uh, learn more about the industry as a whole at uh, prefabreview.com. Thanks again. Yeah. Hey, Michael, thanks for having me. Good to talk to you.